Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome back, everyone. Oh, my goodness, I am excited about this particular uh, interview. Here we go. If you plan on going to an upcoming play, concert, or sports event, you might have had to go through Ticketmaster to secure a seat, right? Now, this week, the disaster around getting tickets for Taylor Swift's latest tour came to a head. The CEO of Live Nation, Ticketmaster's parent company, was grilled by the Senate Judiciary Committee a few days ago. But will the company's practices change in favor of the customers? Let's ask Ticket King owner, Mike Nowakowski. He's joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Hello, sir. How are you, Mike? I'm fine. I, actually, I'm, I'm just okay because after hearing the forecast, I can't believe yeah. I live in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> can't believe you still live in Minnesota, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. After when I heard it yesterday. Right, yeah. exactly, exactly. When I heard it yesterday, I just about cried, but we're going to get through it, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to CCO, sir. And I tell you, I can only imagine um, hearing all of this stuff about Ticketmaster and Live Nation, and here you are um, being that owner of Ticket King who may be sitting there thinking, gosh, don't put my name in this, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I'm just wondering, sure. what, what do you feel about all of this that's going on with Ticketmaster? Well, it's it's very interesting um, in that it, Ticketmaster doesn't be, uh, go underneath the microscope until it's a show like Taylor Swift, where there are parents and grandparents and kids that want to go, and there's emotion involved. The last time we saw something like this was, and I'm going to date myself a little bit, was Hannah Montana. Oh, gosh, you know, yes. years ago. And then all of a sudden, you know, things started happening and politicians got involved. And it's because the constituents reach out to the politicians and say, hey, listen, this isn't right. You know, I went on. I just want to get my kid, my grandchild, you know, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, whomever, a ticket to go to this concert. And I can't. So what is going on? So, you know, it, to make a long story short, I'm not surprised. I've seen it before. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, you know, it, it becomes kind of like the, the shiny new toy for politicians. And they get really ramped up and they want to, you know, quote Taylor Swift lyrics at hearings. And then, you know, in six months, uh, it's not that new shiny toy anymore and things don't change. 
which is unfortunate. It's so true. It's so true, Mike. And I, I'm trying to remember the name of those who, uh, the scalpers, you know, that stand outside and sell. I remember it became legal in the great state of Minnesota during that time when uh, Hannah Montana was going on, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? It is correct. And, you know, we've, we've been in, uh, you know, we've been servicing the Twin Cities market for a little over 30 years, but our office for the first, you know, 15-ish years had to be in Hudson, Wisconsin, where it was legal to buy and sell tickets at overface value. So, and then shortly after they made it legal in Minnesota, the Hannah Montana uh, catastrophe happened, and then everyone pointed fingers at us, and we're the devil because we buy and sell tickets at overface value, and... That was kind of the the first example of what you know Ticketmaster has been doing for a long time now. Um, and if you want me to you know go through like what my perspective is, you know, like when a Hannah or a Taylor Swift or you know whatever the artist is goes on sale, I I can surely do that. I I don't have any proof of this, and it's you know purely professional opinion of, um, the, you know, the manipulation that goes on, but I'm, I'm fine to talk about it. Well, I appreciate that because this is the challenge for so many people who know about Ticketmaster and Live Nation and that sort of thing, and they're trying to figure out, so how do we fix this? Where do we go next? So many have come to you for sports and so much more, but this is getting really ugly, and the population uh, uh, in the, the United States, this is real, and people are upset, and they are saying, look, you owe me. I just purchased four tickets about a month and a half or two months ago for my best friend's birthday gift. And it was just four tickets and it was almost $700. It wasn't yeah. for a big um, superstar or anything like that. And I kept saying to myself, why in the world is Ticketmaster charging all of this money? So how do we get around that today? Or is it even possible that we can get around it or through it? Well, you know, this is going to sound funny, but it's an act, it's actually a super easy fix. And, you know, Ticketmaster, Live Nation, many promoters outside of that umbrella, they don't want to talk about this because it, it ruins their business model. But the fix is transparency. So, mm. you know, we might as well use uh, the Taylor Swift um, ticket on sale as an example. So, you know, Joe Fan thinks to uh, himself that, you know, there are two Taylor Swift shows and there's approximately 60,000 tickets. So that's 120,000 tickets. It's wow. not going to be that big of an issue for me to get, you know, a couple tickets for my kid to go to the show. Well, the problem is Joe Fan or, you know, the, the person logging in doesn't realize that Ticketmaster might only release initially a small percentage of those tickets. So uh, the person is online when it goes on sale and is striking out and striking out and can't get tickets and, and then becomes more, you know, emotionally involved in the situation. And then all of a sudden there are, you know, and this is what Ticketmaster calls them, platinum seats, right. which basically mm -hmm. means you get a, you know, a, a five cent poster and 
you know, a lanyard or something. But the platinum seats are twice as much for the exact same lo- type of location as the original seats that were put on sale that sold out instantly. Okay, so then that batch of platinum seats sells out. Well, then Ticketmaster releases the next batch of platinum seats, and they're more expensive than the previous batch of platinum seats. <laughs> and it's, it's the dirty little secret that, you know, the, the concert goer, sporting event goer doesn't realize is that, you know, the, the concert goer, sporting event goer doesn't realize is going behind or going on behind the scenes. There are algorithms that dictate, you know, how many hits they're having, how many, how fast they're selling tickets. That I just experienced what, that, by the way, sir. I, I forgive me for interrupting. I just experienced that when I was trying to get tickets, two tickets to the Janet Jackson concerts that are coming to town. I think it's six of them at XL. Mm-hmm. I think it's six. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying, I said, why are the prices changing so much? <laughs> you know, I wasn't trying to get down on the floor, but it, the prices just kept going. It was fluctuating consistently, and I didn't understand that. Can you tell us um, how is it that that's okay? Well, I mean, it, you know, on, on one hand, I say it's not okay. It's, it's predatory pricing. But on the other hand, you know, we live in a supply and demand-based economy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, generally, if the supply is low and the demand is high, prices go up. You know, it, it, you can look at, you know, like the, the airline industry. You know, if they sell a certain amount of tickets to a flight to Cancun, they raise the prices and, they sell those and then they raise the prices again. And I think that's the sticky wicket that the government uh, gets, uh, you know, paralyzed to buy. Because how can you, on one hand, tell Ticketmaster they have to charge X amount of dollars for the tickets, but you can't, you're not unwilling to tell an airline they, you know, they can charge $200 per seat, regardless of how much demand there is. So, so true. I, I, you know, I truly see both sides of the argument. I just, I just dislike the transparency. If Ticketmaster would just come out and say, here are the prices that we're going to start selling tickets at, and they're going to fluctuate. They might go up. They might go down based on demand for the tickets. And more importantly, we're going to put 10000 out of the 60000 per show on sale initially. And then we're going to reevaluate it. That gives fans the choice. Instead of being held hostage by the emotion of having to get those tickets and having invested so much time in trying to get the tickets and then making an emotional buy that they'll go back and say, oh, God, I, yeah, I can't afford that or I wish I hadn't done that. But when you're tapping at the keyboard and you can't get them and you can't get them and you can't get them, and then you finally get them, and you don't even realize they're twice as much. And on top of that, there's exorbitant fees. You you end up just buying them and not knowing what you did. Exactly. Well said, sir. You know, Ticketmaster, as you well know, merged with Live Nation in 2010, I think it was. And knowing that those two have come together, what changes were made? What did you see happen? Did it get better or is it worse? So many have said oh. to me, it's worse. It's way worse. You know, there there is no coincidence to what shows play at 
uh, the XL Energy Center versus what shows play at the line, or at uh, the Target Center. You know, until just recently, um, uh, the Target Center used uh, the access uh, on sale or software, and XL Energy used Ticketmaster. Well, if you own Live Nation, which owns Ticketmaster, you're not going to let a show go to the Target Center because you lose out on all the revenue of the ticket sales if your act or your band is playing at the Target Center versus XL Energy Center. So that's where the whole monopoly thing, uh, you know, pops its ugly head. Well, I tell you, as I keep looking at this, I start thinking about politicians and how they are involved in all of this. Even our own uh, Amy Klobuchar, Senator Klobuchar, um, is pushing for a hearing about a lot of this mess. And... um, I, I keep saying to myself, if it's a, it's a, if it's all about policy, can we make the changes that need to be made? Can our um, leaders make those changes? I, I think a hundred percent they could if they, you know, if if the the people keep pushing them in the the right direction. And I'm, I'm sorry to keep using the word transparency, but that's kind of what it all revolves around, you know. Ticketmaster shouldn't be able to list a ticket at X dollars, and then when you check out, it's X plus $25. Mm. That's not fair practice. Ticketmaster, if, if a concert is going on sale, should be transparent about how many tickets out of the capacity of the stadium are actually going to be sold to the general public, not how many tickets they're going to hold back and see how the, you know, the demand is, and then raise the price. And it would be a a baby step, but even if they just did that, like said, we're going to sell 20,000 of the tickets, and then we're going to reevaluate our pricing. It's about transparency. And that's what's so frustrating. And, you know, I'm I'm very long in the tooth uh, in the ticket industry. I'm 53 years old. It's the only thing I know how to do. And I am so tired of, you know, Ticketmaster choosing to point the finger at people like me and my company for their mistakes and their greed versus looking internally at maybe this is something we we should fix and maybe we should do the right thing. Well, you are one of our own uh, here in the great state of Minnesota, and I'm just curious to know. No, seriously, and as Ticket King, I'm sure that there are other um, around the country like you, and I'm just curious to know, do you all get together? Um, is, is there a conference? Are you all dealing with this together, or is it just you? Oh, no, there's a, there's something called the National Associ- Association of Ticket Brokers, and, you know, we have lobbyists, and Generally speaking, our lobbyists fight for the transparency because mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm tired of being uh, painted as the uh, you know the quote unquote scalper that takes advantage of fans, everyone else in my shoes around the country is also tired of that. And that the secondary ticket uh, industry is an eight billion dollar industry. Eight and billion dollars. The biggest mistake my industry has done or has made is it opened Ticketmaster's eyes to the the income that they were leaving on the table by just charging, you know, 
the same amount for every ticket in the venue. We showed them that, you know, people are willing to pay more for better seats. We showed them that people, when it sells out, you can charge more. And that's basic economics. That's just supply and demand. The Ticketmaster has taken it a step too far by the, the lack of transparency and predatory pricing and forcing people to make emotional buys in, you know, uh, very difficult situations. You know, you're sitting there, you want to get your kid a couple Taylor Swift, he or she is next to you, you're tapping at the computer, you finally get two tickets, you don't pay attention to the pricing because uh, you thought they were $150, you check out, and they're actually $300 plus $68 in fees. And you're like, oh, right. no, what did I just do? So my final and question it, for you, sir, um, is there any way we can fix this? Particularly yeah. those who buy the tickets. Is there any way we can fix it? 100%. And it just, it all, it all goes back to transparency. And if, if uh, Amy Klobuchar wants to reach out to me, uh, I could sit down with her for a half an hour and explain exactly how you can fix it. it this is not an unfixable problem. And mm-hmm. the problem is with politics, you know, this will become a non-story in a month. We won't remember that the Taylor, we won't remember the Taylor Swift debacle, just like the Hannah Montana debacle. And we'll have the politicians will have moved on to the next thing. And, you know, it, the, the problem is this is getting politicians in front of the camera right now. And, uh, you know, they, they can stand on their soapbox and, you know, pledge that they're going to fix it. But pretty soon people will have forgotten about it. So there there's no uh, incentive for them to actually fix the problem. It's more fun to talk about the problem. Mike Nowakowski, I so appreciate you joining us tonight. I wish you could have told me the uh, <laughs> how to reveal the truth and how we can fix this. He is the owner of Ticket King, and we look forward to having you on again. Thank you so much. Anytime. All Thank right, you. you. Take care. Bye-bye. Goodbye. My goodness, we got to take a break, and then we'll come back, um, do some, uh, pay some bills, and we'll be with you in a moment. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back, everyone. My goodness, it is now 828. And as we wrap this up... Um, to know that this is happening, I, I am one of them, I know, because, you know, spending almost $700 on four tickets, four tickets to go see a comedy show, a comedy show. It's not like seeing President Biden or something like that. It's, it's a comedy show. And I didn't mind doing it because I, I knew that it was for my best friend and, and um, my best friend would love it. But at the same time, I sit and I look at that and go, what in the world is happening? What is happening? So as we um, pay attention to what's happening with this Taylor Swift um, tickets and how bad that has gone, um, just remember that Ticketmaster controls nearly 80% of the ticket market in the U.S., bringing in $750 million in annual profits. In the article, it says, it seems like just a middleman between the musician and the concert goer, really, but Ticketmaster's real customers aren't fans who have little choice in how to buy their tickets, but the venues owned by Live Nation, some of them, and the musicians, um, and as some of those customers, including Garth Brooks and the Atlanta Braves, attested in written testimony, Ticketmaster has treated them extremely well. So the superstars, they get treated very well, but there are so many people that are trying to figure it all out. And maybe there's something we're missing. Maybe there's some information that we will finally get to help us really understand it. Because Jonathan, I don't know about you, I really don't get it. So there you go. <laughs> All right, um, coming up next, we're going to have uh, a lot more to talk about, some really great guests. And if you haven't heard about Dr. Walter Grayson, um, he is a professor of history at McAllister College. And we're going to be talking about the Marvel movie universe. Uh, it's been a financial Goliath over the last 20 plus years. However, the only film of the series to win any of the major critical awards, like Oscar, Grammy, Golden Globe, SAG, uh, was the first Black Panther movie. So there you go. We got a lot to talk about that's coming up next. Welcome back, everyone. My goodness, as we talk about all of these things that are happening with us trying to go to concerts, the bottom line I want us to all remember is that we have the power. We really do. Um, we have to really figure out what this is, what it, you know, what it really means to have to 
you know, find these tickets and get your seats and all of the complications that we've been going through. So we just need to, I believe, we need to understand exactly how this process is and we get to make the decision, no, I'm not going to do that or yes, I'm going to do that, right? Um, and then once we make the decision, just stick with that if it's the right decision for you and just know that it's okay because this whole thing with going to concerts, that's the thing we do. There's so many people in this country that go to great concerts. I know I've been really fortunate to be in the audience with just great talent, people I've never heard before. And so I'm hoping that this will all come become very clear, that it will correct itself, which it may not. And if not, then our policy, our leaders um, in politics, they need to get together and say, nope, 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 we're not going to allow that to happen anymore if necessary. All right, you guys, coming up next is Dr. Walter Grayson. He's a professor of history at McAllister College. And why is he so important? Well, the Marvel movie universe has been a financial goliath over the last 20 plus years. I didn't even realize that, Jonathan, that it's been 20 plus years. However, the only film of the series to win any of the major critical awards like Oscar, Grammy, Golden Globe was the first Black Panther movie. And this was a while ago. So the 2019 blockbuster has also provided inspiration in the academic world. And I found this quite fascinating. Jonathan, thank you so much for um, bringing this to um, to WCCO Radio. I think it's remarkable. Uh, McAllister history professor Dr. Walter Grayson um, turned the lessons from the film into a college course, a college course, which he currently teaches at the college, McAllister College. Now, we had to get the scoop on the what and why about this course, so we've invited Dr. Grayson to discuss. But before we do that, we're going to go to break, and then we'll come back with Dr. Grayson in a moment. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. It is what I love to do, is be with you on a Sunday night. And I've been here 23 years, and I just so enjoy being with you. So thank you for sticking and staying with us here at WCCO. You know, I was looking up the number of Grammy Awards um, where viewers from the year 2000 to 
basically today. Um, you know, how has it been going? People are, are not, at least some of the folks I have talked to are just not as in to these award ceremonies like they used to be. Uh, I remember when we would have the numbers. Like if we look at the year 2000, um, when it came to the Grammys, um, yeah, it was like 20, almost 28 million people. And that stayed pretty consistent, Jonathan, until about 2012. And 2012 was like the year when it broke all the records. Over Almost 40 million people watched the Grammys in 2012. That's just remarkable. I was so surprised to see that. But on average, it's somewhere between, I would say, 20, well, yeah, around 20 million, all the way up to 28, 29 million, that sort of thing. And it just kind of fluctuates through um, the years. What's really interesting is in 2021 and 2022, my goodness, the numbers dropped drastically for the Grammy Awards. Now, I can't say for the Oscars just yet, but for the Grammy Awards between 2000 and 2022, it's like all heck broke out, right? 2020, it was 18.7 million that watched. 2021, 8.8 million. 8.8 million. Now that's down from the 40 million in 2012. Then in 2022, it was 8.93. 8.93. Those are significant numbers to pay attention to. What is it going to be like this year in 2023? Jonathan, you have any thoughts on that? I, you might see a bump back, but it's probably not going to be anywhere close to what the numbers were. I did find the Oscar numbers, the the number of television viewers for the Academy Awards. This is through a site called Statista.com. Oh, okay. And what it shows is back in 2000, the number of viewers that watched the Oscars, according to their data, was around 46 and a half million people. Wow. So way more watched in 2000, watched the Oscars uh, versus the Grammys. Grammys for that year was 27.8 million. Yes. Um, I think overall the Oscars have had more of a pull than the Grammys mm -hmm. have. Yeah. Uh, so I think that, I think that across the board, you're going to see the Oscars do better for viewing than the Grammys. But, well, the Oscars, you know, that's that's the big dog, <laughs> you know. Right, exactly. Uh, so, the Grammys are great and, you know, often do well, but the Oscars, that's the big dog. But it's been, I mean, look at this, 8.8 .8 in, in, in 2021 and 2022, 8.93 million. So, wow, what a difference. Well, What do you think well, is here's, the reason for that? Well, here's the drop-off uh, mm -hmm. because between 2000 and 2000, looks like 14 – this kind of wavered back and forth between 32 million and 45 million, but, uh, depending on the year. Then you saw yeah. a drop off in 2015. Um, it went, it started on a downward trend that didn't finish, uh, can complete itself, I guess, until 2018. So in 2014, you had 43.7 million people watch the Oscars. By 2018, that dropped to 26.5 million. Oh, wow. So almost 17 million. Had a little bit of a rebound in, tw in 2019. 2020, it uh, declined again. And then there was a big drop off in 2021 down to 10.4 million. And it did rebound last year to 15.335 million.
That's a significant jump. That is a significant jump from from last year to the year before, but it's a precipitous decline. And again, this was happening before the pandemic started. The the last year – so 2020 was basically right around the time of the – well, actually that might have been later that year um, because I think they had to postpone the ceremony. By that time, the pandemic had already started. So let's say 2019 – Mm-hmm. What was the last year before everything kind of changed? You still had a drop of nearly 17 million viewers from 2000 to 2019. Mm. You still had a big chunk yeah. of the audience that was gone. And what? Why? Why are they gone? You know, my I think, sister I think in people... the 90s was um, nominated for an Oscar for the song um, from Baghdad Cafe, the movie Baghdad Cafe, which was an independent film that did very well. And she was a superstar over in Europe. And I tell you, in some of the other countries as well, um, you know, just to know we saw her on camera sitting out there in the audience. And it was so exciting, right? I mean, the Oscars was it. It was the it was the show that so many Americans and beyond. I mean, there were billions of people that would watch at times. And here we are. Um, looking at numbers dwindling, uh, especially here when it comes to the Grammy Awards. And I'm curious to know what you think about that. Why do you think that so many people have just dropped away from the Grammys specifically? I think that there there could be uh, multiple reasons. I think the main reason is people are just not as into these award shows as they used to be. Um, People out there, they may look at how the awards are given – they may look at the diversity. Some people may look at the lack of diversity in the movies that are that are uh, nominated or the the songs that are nominated. Some people may think of uh, think of it being too much diversity in the songs and the movies and the TV shows that are nominated. There Impossibly. are a myriad of reasons. No way. No, way. no I'm telling too there, much. Yes, I think I think there. If there's a population that, that looks at the lack of diversity, you'd have to think that there is a population that looks at too much diversity. It's, it's an unfortunate and a sad reality, but I think it's out there. See, we need to start booking someone on that. That would make a really great – I mean that would bring us maybe even solace to understand how that is, that there are you know, such large groups possibly who don't want the diversity and such large groups – Possibly that do so, right. and we should we should get some guests on that. That that's worth that's worth hearing. Well, another thing you're looking at is the way that these these awards are given, mm-hmm. and the people that give them. You know, the Academy gives it, the Academy of Music and Recording Artists, the Academy of Motion Picture, and there's been it seems a disconnect, and I don't know whether it's generational or not, but there seems to be a disconnect. Between the old guard of how things are respected and how things are looked at versus what people want today. You know, do you want a TV star or a movie star telling you what to buy or what to look at or what to to think? Or do you want a YouTube influencer or a TikTok influencer? Uh, it or might do you be want someone to get up on stage and slap somebody else? Remember that? Wow. <laughs> we dealt with that last year, yes, right? Yes, we did. And which, which was – was that the Oscars? I think it was. Yeah, it was Oscar, that was Oscar night. I remember Jeez. that Rohan Preston was on the air he was on and the let air. us know about it. Yeah. 
And he will be on with us tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, uh, so there's there's no award shows tonight, so we won't get right. any breaking news. But <laughs> We won't get any breaking news. But that was ridiculous, and I still think that they planned the whole thing. I, I, when I, I say know. they, I'm talking about the two. I, I'm I talking know. about, I, I, yeah. We, you, have, you have made those, uh, those statements. Yeah, I really do. I really do. And, by the way, in the news afterwards, you heard many people say, yeah, I think that was... You know, I, I don't understand why Chris Rock was smiling. I don't get it after being slapped like that. Again, I don't know a black man that would be smiling I'm, after that. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna just gonna bypass this subject. We'll tackle that when we get to Oscar night because we can do that. We have plenty of time to to hash that out. But I I think that when you when we get back to the subject of why are people going away from these shows? Some people might think that they're really and, and, and it, again, it's going back to the academies and all this stuff. Some people might think it's real stuffy. Some people might think, oh, this is elite elitism. You know? Yeah, opulence, absolutely. Yes. It used to be that we watched just to see, well, for women, just to see the dresses, just to see the gowns. And, and even with the Grammy Awards, they had these weird, crazy kind of outfits. And people would love that sort of thing. Remember Billy Porter in that amazing Christian Sariano um it was a tuxedo, but a skirt. It was the vest with the skirt and the big sleeves, and it was fabulous. How many women wanted that outfit, you know? Um, so, yeah, we, we see a lot, but it appears that people are not as interested. Maybe it feels fickle to us. Maybe we look at it and say, this is so extreme. We don't need to watch this. I don't know. I don't know. And I, I feel bad for those who are nominated, who will be nominated. And, and get into these uh, categories we were talking about earlier when it came to the SAG Awards. I, I just feel sorry if they can't go through with this or if people don't attend. You need an audience, right? So I don't know. I, I don't think know. I think they'll I'm have curious. an audience. I think they'll always have an audience that is there in person. You need you want to have a television audience. And again, the SAG Awards. They're they're trying to do this through a streaming outlet this year. They're not going to the traditional broadcast channels. They're not even going to cable. The SAG Awards were actually on cable. They were on wow. TBS, I believe. Uh, either TB no, I think TNT actually. They were on one of the, those two Turner networks. So they had tried to do something where okay, we're going to get this off of you know buttoned up CBS, buttoned up NBC, buttoned up. ABC, we're going to get this onto a cable network. Well, that hasn't really worked. So now they're going to try the streaming avenue. So again, you've got a lot of people that look at these ceremonies and they're saying, you know, what's the worth in it? What's what are we doing here to to showcase these people in a way that I'm going to be connected? I think the connection. I think the connection though. has been lost. Yeah, I think the connection has been lost as well. And I think um, they transitioned way too soon. I think they should have stuck with the, um, the, the oh, what is the word I'm looking for? I think they should have stuck with what they knew. If they knew it worked and it's been working all along, and then someone comes along and says, maybe we should change some things up. Maybe that wasn't the right idea. Well, you know, again, so many people work so hard in this industry to try to get some acknowledgement so they can keep working. You know, you look at some of the people on this list that you and I were talking about at the beginning of this of the seven o'clock hour. And there are are um, actresses and actors who are much older in their years now. Right. And some people will sit back and go, wait a minute. Why are all these older people being, you know, 
uh, getting all of, of the awards or getting all, no they're they're looking to say what about the young people what is happening why are we not hearing more from young people but i think we are i think again I, that's why i'm saying that there are so many different viewpoints that you could take on as to why you don't watch if you watch this show or any of these award shows back in 2010 why don't you do it now in 2022 or 2023 i think there's a bunch of reasons for that i think you there are too many layers to it to really get into a discussion about it now you could take in in all honesty two or three hours and go through all the different reasons why people don't watch yeah i understand that you know and and i've never asked my brother billy who has um hold on a minute excuse me, who has three Grammys with the um, Sounds of Blackness, which started right here in the great state of Minnesota at McAllister College. And they have just gone on to do amazing things. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. And to look at so many other states where there are young choirs and older choirs that are really doing great things and getting Grammy Awards, that is remarkable. I just hope that people will still say it's worth it. I know we got to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. No, we still we still have about a minute. We still have about a minute's worth of time. Yeah, but I'm coughing, so go ahead and talk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, up next will be I'll, I will I will take over for you in the preview of what's coming up. Uh, Center stage is coming up next. It's going to be a wonderful arts and entertainment hour that you all love and you all respect and you know. We're going to have a playwright of uh, a, a show called The Root Beer Lady. I'm very, I know. very it's an intrigued about story. that. Yeah, yeah, really interesting story. I kind of read a little bit about it, and I'm looking forward to that. And then, of course, <clears throat> that'll be Kim Schultz, Schultz that'll be joining us at 920 is Barry Kornhauser, playwright of Corduroy, or Corduray, Corduray. I don't know much about that one either. But we've got a great lineup for you, so don't go anywhere. We're going to have some fun with Center Stage. That's coming up next. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.